You're listening to the Central City Assembly podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for Jesus. So enjoy this episode and may you be filled with the love of God the Father. church family, uh, turn to somebody sitting next to you and say, baby, it's cold outside. Are we allowed to sing that anymore? It's not Christmas time, and it's not like not PC or something. Anyways, um, but yes, it's cold. What a lovely day today. Um, hey, how did everybody, how did everybody's uh, Fresh Start Fast go this past week? Yeah, man, I hope you enjoyed the devotionals and all of that fun stuff. I, I'm praying and believing that uh, maybe even if you didn't feel like anything was happening, God was doing something inside of you. He was preparing you for the, the, the year that we have uh, ahead of us. We have no idea what that is going to look like, um, but that's why we do the Fresh Start Fast. So, um, and if, you, if God is, did speak to you and was revealing things to you, I would love to hear them if you're, if you're willing to share, especially if they might be for our church family. Um, so don't, don't hesitate to, to reach out to me. Send me a text or an email or just come and talk to me. All right. Um, now we're, we're going to take a little, I guess it's a poll, um, but on a scale of one to 10, um, how important do you think like physical light, like sunlight, how important do you think that is for your overall health? One being like not very important, 10 being like way important. What do you think? Everybody's, okay, 10. All right, cool. Now, um, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you take for granted the importance of physical light on your health? One being you don't take it for granted at all, and 10 being like, yeah, I, I don't even think about it really, right? Okay, six, all right. Yeah, I, I think that if we're honest with ourselves um, and we look at the way we actually live and, and not the way we wish we lived, um, we would say that we take sunlight, that we take light for granted. Um, most of us would say we take it for granted, the importance of physical light on our health. Um, sure, we know that we need light to see. If we didn't have a light, a lot of our technological devices would be rendered useless. Um, but beyond that, I don't think we pay very much attention to the importance of light on our overall health. Um, so I'm guessing that's a fair assumption to make. Um, if you feel like that is not fair, you can send me a nasty email later. But anyways, um, I, I mean, I know for me, I enjoy light. Um, I enjoy being in the sun. One of my favorite things, especially during Tucson, is, is when it's cold. The air around me is cold outside, but I can feel the warmth of the sun on my skin. I love that feeling so much. Um, but I, I also enjoy being in dimly lit places. Um, when I work and, and study and write messages, I'm totally okay with being almost in the dark. Um, I feel like it helps me focus and it calms me. Um, I prefer having only a few necessary lights on in our house where my kids would have every single one of our lights on throughout the whole house if I would let them, right? Uh, but other than helping us see, 
Light has such a greater influence on our overall health than many of us might even know. Um, A Google search for light and health will quickly result in many websites and even scholarly papers on the importance of light on our health. Um, And why plenty of exposure to physical light and, and sunlight is one of the most underrated and undervalued things we can do to advance our health. Um, when it comes to, to health-related New Year's resolutions, how often do, you, often do you hear people say, you know, I'm going to make sun exposure a priority for my life this year? Or we, we don't hear that, right? Okay, but check this out. Here's what I found in my highly academic and rigorous Google search, okay? Um, the, the number, and as I say this, I am not a doctor. I searched on Google, okay? So make sure you do your own research with everything that I'm saying. Uh, But the number one benefit to light exposure, um, specifically sunlight, UVB light exposure, is that it helps our bodies and plants produce vitamin D. Most of us pretty much know that. Um, Now, why is vitamin D important, though? Well, first, it helps our bodies maintain balanced levels of calcium and phosphorus in our blood. Uh, It especially helps us absorb calcium so that we have stronger bones. Uh, But many studies have also found that vitamin D3, there's vitamin D2, vitamin D3, uh, but vitamin D3, which we primarily get from the sun, it may provide protection from and decrease an individual's risk of developing osteoporosis, uh, hypertension, some cancers, several autoimmune diseases, and even weight gain. Uh, Studies show that vitamin D3, it triggers our body's immune cells to produce um, antibodies, which are essential in fighting off infection in the body. And that can be infection as simple as the common cold all the way up to COVID-19. Right, so it makes more sense for us to be outside in the sun during a pandemic rather than locked up in our homes, but I digress. Not only that, uh, but vitamin D assists in the maintenance of joints and muscle comfort, as well as maintenance of healthy moods. Uh, this super vitamin also supports heart, breast, colon, prostate health. And while we can get vitamin D by eating certain plants or taking supplements, um, experts still say that the best way to get vitamin D is just through the sun directly on your skin, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, You can even purchase these things called full light spectrum lamps uh, that are used for light therapy. Now they filter out the UV light, so it's not good for producing vitamin D, um, but studies have shown that light therapy, therapy can significantly help maintain a healthy circadian rhythm, which helps us have a, an internal 24-hour clock in our bodies and helps us sleep better. Um, exposure to bright light first thing in the morning, which sounds counterintuitive, but bright light first thing in the morning helps you get out of bed easier and helps you get out on the right side of the bed in a better mood in the mornings. Um, Light therapy helps with mood and focus. People who suffer from what's called seasonal affective disorder, which has the the appropriate acronym of SAD, S-A-D, they've seen great improvement in their moods by using light therapy. Uh, And the drastic change of using light therapy right before bed and then turning off your lights and and getting into darkness, it triggers your body to produce melatonin, which helps you to sleep better. 
right? I bought a light therapy lamp this past week as I was researching. I was like, I'm going to give this thing a try. Uh, it's supposed to come in the mail today. So after a week or so, I'll give you an update on, on how it actually works. Um, but all of this to say that light is so important for our physical and mental health and to even sustain life here on earth. Because the number one supporter of life here on earth are the plants, the plants that people and animals consume. Not only do plants provide food sources for people and animals, but they also produce oxygen through this process called photosynthesis that can only happen with sunlight, right? And the sugars in plants that people and animals rely on for energy, um, it's actually technically stored light energy, the sugars inside the plants. And what I love uh, is that in the biblical account of creation, the, the first thing that God creates in Genesis 1 is light, right? Let there be light. And then God forms the heavens, right? the waters, and the earth. Then God creates the plants, and the plants thrive off of these waters and the nutrients in the earth and the lights in the heavens. And then next, God bundles up this expansive light into stars and into our sun. And then God created the animals on the earth and in the waters, which eat the plants and each other. And then God created humans who over thousands and thousands and thousands of years um, have survived and lived off of eating plants and animals. If you get this, none of that life would have been possible or sustained without first creating light. Hmm. It's as if God knew what he was doing when he created the world. All right, now, why do I say all of this? Why do I make all these points and make the longest introduction ever? Well, um, as I expressed last week, our, our focus for the year is let there be light. All right, specifically, we're saying that 2021 is going to be, be the year of let there be light. Right, the light of Jesus. Um, we live in a spiritually dark and dying world. Um, and when you look at the rise in, in homicides, suicides, domestic abuse, and drug overdoses over the past year, right, these attacks on life itself, when we declare that, that let there be light for 2021, we're also declaring let there be life for 2021. Because without light, there can be no life on both natural and spiritual levels. And so what I want to do today is I want to explore this connection between light and life. And what that means for declaring, let there be light in 2021. All right, so the title of today's message is, let there be life. Uh, let's just pray together and ask God to continue being with us. God, we're, we're so grateful that you give us the privilege and the opportunity to enter into your presence and to worship you, to say things like, I exalt thee. You are worthy of it all. And God, we just, we just declare that this morning, not just through, through song, but, but even in our own hearts and our own minds. We say, God, you're worthy of it all. And God, we pray that as we just humble ourselves, even with that expression, you're worthy of it all. We exalt you, God. You are greater than we are. We magnify you. As we humble ourselves, would you speak to us this morning? Would you help us understand the importance of light 
and its connection to life, whether natural or spiritual. And God, would you lead us by your truth, by your word this morning? We say all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, so I think, um, at least on a natural level, after that introduction, we understand the importance that light plays in health and sustaining life here on earth. Um, I think we can also agree that this was an intentional design of God's. And so for the rest of our time, and even for the rest of this series, um, we're going to focus more on the spiritual aspects of light and its importance for our spiritual lives. And let me just preface and say, this is going to be uh, somewhat of a heady message. Uh, I mean, I'm going to talk a lot about ideas and concepts. And so what I would encourage you to do is lean in this morning. All right? Focus. Take notes as we're going because I'm going to make a lot of connections. All right? Uh, Because all throughout Scripture, light holds spiritual symbolism and significance. Light is used as a symbol of the, the presence of God in the world. It's often associated with the Word of God. The salvation brought about by God, or even the person of Jesus Christ, light. Light is used as a personification of holiness, purity, knowledge, power, favor, and pretty much everything that is good in the eyes of God. And while natural light obviously has this connection to our natural life, um, spiritual light also has a connection to spiritual life. Because like I said, without light, there can be no life. And if there is no light, then there's darkness. And where there is darkness, there is death or the decay of light. Of life, I mean. And this understanding of of light and life and darkness and death, it's been passed down since the beginning of time. Uh, The sun and light, they've been worshipped as idols since people stopped worshipping God. Because people have always understood the importance of light in the world. For example, the the ancient Greeks, they built a city known as Heliopolis. Um, Helios meaning sun and polis meaning city. So the city of the sun. And what's interesting about Heliopolis is that it, it was a health center where the ancient Greeks studied light and the effects of it on our health. And they experimented with light and colors for people with different diseases. Really interesting. Uh, But it was also dedicated to worshiping Helios, the Greek god of the sun. But what about darkness? Like the light and the life connection, darkness and death have always had a connection in people's minds. Again, going back to the Greek gods, uh, Erebus. Erebus is the god of darkness. Uh, He's also the father of Thanatos, who is the god of, can anybody guess? Death, right? And so death and darkness, they have this connection. And we even see this darkness-death connection in the Bible, right? When you look at the 10 plagues that God sent upon Egypt, the second to last plague was darkness, three days of darkness. And the last plague to follow that darkness was the death of the firstborn, right? Where there is darkness, there is death. We also see that light is associated with holiness while darkness is associated with sin. We see that light is associated with nearness to or the presence of God and darkness is associated with separation from God. 
And so if light is symbolic of everything that is good in God's eyes, then darkness is symbolic of everything that is bad in God's eyes. And we can't forget where light and in turn where life comes from. It was God who says, let there be light in Genesis 1. He's the creator and the source of light. Not only that, but he is light. First scripture, first John chapter one, verse five, it says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And so while there is no darkness at all in God, it does not mean that he has no power over the darkness. Because again, it is God who separates the light from the darkness. He's in control of both. He can cause darkness, as we see with the ten plagues, right? But he can also cause light to shine in and overcome the darkness. God is also the remedy for darkness. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 18, verse 28, he says, For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. I find that comforting. And so if if God is supreme over light and darkness... What does that mean for us as his children? If we want more light in our lives and less darkness, right, then God is the father of lights, as James puts it, that we should be running to for light and life. And when we run to our source of light, there will be life. When we run to the light, we leave darkness and death behind. Because in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And it's really hard not to play the DC Talk song, I want to be in the light. It's so good. Um, Also, if if you want to read more into the symbolism of light, all of John's writings in the Bible emphasize lights. They're really good books on light. Um, But we also know from Romans, right, that the wages of sin is death. But when we walk in the light, John says we are cleansed from sin and therefore we are freed from death. So when we say, let there be light in our own lives and in the world around us, what we're actually saying is let there be life. The implications of light in our lives is widespread and tremendous and awe-inspiring when you really sit down and think about it. And when you look at natural light, As scientists have done for a long time, we have one of our light scientists in the back room right now. Um, Luke's an optical science major. Anyways, um, but as scientists have studied light for a very long time, right, and you see the importance of light in our world and sustaining life, and then you read this ancient book called Genesis, which also emphasizes light, what that does for me anyways is it reinforces the fact that God knows what he's doing. That God can be trusted. That the world isn't just full of chaos and disorder, but there is purpose and order to things. And that that gives me comfort. But here's what I find even more encouraging. Is that God didn't just create light and, and life and then leave it up to us to interpret and make sense its natural and spiritual importance in our lives. That's called Gnosticism or, or um, Epicureanism, Right? But instead, God sent his son, Jesus, to be a personal, tangible, and loving embodiment of light in the world. Jesus is the light. Because where in Genesis we find uh, the creation story, 
in the Gospels, like in John, we find the incarnation story. In his writings, John asserts that Jesus was with God and is God ever since the beginning. It also says that all things were made through Jesus. Jesus is also called the Word, and the the Word becomes flesh here on earth. That's incarnation. But Jesus is also equated to life and light. There's that life-light connection again. John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 say, In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God, through the incarnation of Jesus, is asserting that he is still supreme and in total control of both light and darkness through Jesus. And then in verse 9, John continues saying, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The word of God. The light of God incarnated here on earth. And so the story of creation in Genesis is about creating light and therefore creating life out of darkness. And then the incarnation in John is about sending light into the the darkness and bringing those that were spiritually dead back to life. And all throughout the Gospels, especially in John, we see Jesus going around spreading light and life. Uh, In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then later in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus also says, the thief comes only, usually when, at nighttime, in the dark, right? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I can't have life and have it abundantly. And so what we see is Jesus' ministry and life was all about inviting people into the light so that they may have life. Jesus was reaffirming God's order and design of the world that in order for there to be life, whether natural or spiritual, there must be light. And so if, if we want to be spiritually alive, and I'm assuming we do, right, meaning that, that we're no longer bound to sin, we're free from eternal darkness and death, then we must embrace the, we must embrace Jesus. And so our prophetic declaration over 2021 is let there be light. And I have a challenge for you that I would like for you to accept and and try. Now it's, it's not a hard challenge, so don't worry. All right. But what I'd like you to do is, is as you're driving around, right, you're driving around Tucson, or maybe you're at the grocery store or somewhere where shopping. Um, and as you pass cars and as you pass people around you, um, would you just simply say in your mind, in your head, the prayer of let there be light over those people. Um, I've been trying to do this myself over, over the past week. Every car, I try and, and see who's inside of it. Try and, when I'm at a stoplight, I'm being safe about it. But anyways, um, every car that drives by, I try and see who's inside. And I say, God, let there be light in their lives. When I'm walking through the grocery store, as people pass me by, I say, God, bless them. Let there be light in their lives. Right? You know, I think it would be amazing And God could absolutely work through us, all of us, as the body of Christ, as we declare, let there be light over our people and over our city right here, 
right? I mean, if God could use um, the nation of Israel to, to make the walls of the city of Jericho fall just by them walking around it and shouting, I think God could use our simple prayers of let there be light to build up our city and to see light enter our city, amen? All right, but it's so much more than just saying, let there be light. Because what we're really saying is let there be life. You know, we can all think of ways that life is being attacked and threatened in our world. Murder, abortion, stick and foreign terrorism, legislation that, that might impinge on our rights to the pursuit of life, Sickness, whether physical or mental, that leads to death or even leads to people wanting to die. And when we say, let there be light, we're saying, let there be life. But also spiritually, there are people in your life who want nothing to do with Jesus. The light of the world. And though the light is shining, they haven't embraced Jesus for themselves Right? And where there is no light, there is darkness. And where there is darkness, there is death and the decay of life. You know people in your own life who are bound to sin. They can't break free from, from their struggles, their addictions, and their souls are slowly decaying. When we say let there be light, we're saying let there be life. And when we, for our, for our own lives, right, all of us have dark spots in our lives where we've not let go of sin or unforgiveness or bitterness, and we're slowly decaying from those things. When we say, let there be light, we're saying, let there be life. Right? What is shrouded in darkness, come into the light. What is decaying and dead, come back to life. It's powerful. So church family, to say that light is important, or so important, or incredibly important, is a huge understatement. I don't think on this side of eternity, we will be able to understand the importance of light and its many functions and roles and purposes in our lives. But once there is light, the possibilities are endless. And that Jesus, he himself would assert that he is the light of the world It gives so much power and authority to the many other assertions that he made about himself. And there are three I am statements uh, that we'll spend the rest of our time. We're going to wrap up soon. And there are three I am statements that Jesus made um, that he can only make and that only have power and authority because he is first the light of the world. And we find that statement in John chapter 14, verse 6. And he says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And those three I am statements only have power and authority because Jesus is first the light. Here's why. Let me show you. All right, we've already said, right, for this entire message, that in order for there to be life, there must be light. We see that in the natural world and in the spiritual world, We've discussed that at length today, right? So Jesus is the life because he was first the light. Without light, there can be no life. Jesus also declares, I am the truth. Truth is often associated with seeing or, or knowing or understanding. 
And when we metaphorically say to someone, hey, you're blind, what we're saying is that they can't see the truth that is right in front of them. And so without light, there can also be no sight or truth. And the only reason, scientifically speaking, the only reason we're able to see anything is because of the light that reflects off of the objects around us. And for us to have spiritual light and to know truth, we need light. So when we say, let there be light in the world, we're also saying, let there be sight or truth, which our world desperately needs right now. And Jesus' assertion that he is the truth is only possible because he is first the light. And finally, Jesus says, I am the way. And simply put, I would not trust and follow someone claiming to know the way through darkness, through a dark room or through spiritual darkness, if they also don't have light. Simply put, right? Right? Light is incredibly helpful in navigating the way through a dark room or through a dark world. Wouldn't you agree? And the reason we can trust Jesus when he says, I am the way, I am the way to truth, the way to life, the way out and through darkness is because he is also the light. Navigating the way is only possible if there's out light, there is no way. We can't see it. And so when we declare, let there be light in the world, we are saying, let the way through and out of darkness be made clear in the world. And so if Jesus is the source of light, life, because he is the light, right? Jesus, he, he enlightens us to truth and sight because he is the light, And Jesus illuminates the way through and out of darkness because he is the light. And this week, we've explored that relationship between light and life. Next week, we're going to explore the relationship between light and truth. The following week, we'll look at the relationship between light and the way. And in the last week of the series, um, we're going to dive into Jesus' profound statement in the Gospels that not only is he the light, but we are the light of the world. Because I think we can all agree that our world needs life. Amen? Our world now more than ever needs truth. Amen? And our world needs a way through and out of darkness. Amen? And that Jesus would say he is the light and that we are the light means something incredible. And I can't wait to explore that with you in the final week of the the series. So let there be light. It's our declaration. Now, again, I know that today was, was kind of, of heady. Right? We talked a lot about uh, light as a concept and, and ideas. Um, but I have failed you as a pastor if I only talk about good ideas, but I don't also talk about good steps you can take in your own life to apply these things. Right, so how do we apply this truth that Jesus is the light? And because there is light, there is also life. Well, I want to borrow um, an illustration from the late Dallas Willard. He was a pastor, theologian, psychologist. Um, He loved using light bulbs uh, for illustrations. And and it just so happens that um, I have a a, a light bulb uh, right here. A light bulb. Look at this light bulb. Isn't it amazing? Um, Biggest light bulb you've ever seen. I love this light bulb so much. And when I look at this light bulb, I think, wow, 
so much potential, right? I mean, one, it's, it's huge. So it has the potential to let off a ton of light. It's cool looking. It's beautiful. It might look really cool as like a focal piece in, in a room somewhere, maybe next to a, a reading chair in some hipster's downtown loft apartment, right? It's so big that it might have the potential to even give off some warmth to ever sitting next to it, right? There's so much potential with this incredible light bulb. Right? But what has to happen first? It has to be connected to a power source, And the truth is, uh, every light bulb, every working, functioning light bulb in the world has the same potential, right? Potential on its own isn't necessarily a special thing, No, what makes the potential of this light bulb come to reality, come to life even, is if it is connected to a power source. And all of that potential, all of that that purpose that we can imagine in this light bulb it, it isn't fulfilled. It remains unlit. You might even say it remains dead unless it is connected to its source. And so every human in the world, all seven point whatever billion of us, we all have potential, which I'm sorry to say isn't all that special when you think about it. We all have potential. Right, but there, there are people uh, right now who are walking through this world with potential for real life, for whole life and fulfillment and meaningful, abundant life, but they aren't connected to their source. There are even people who proclaim to be followers of Jesus, children of the light, right? They're, they're proclaiming in a sense to be light bulbs, but they aren't connected to their source. They aren't shining. Their potential for true life, true potential or true uh, purpose, it isn't being fulfilled. And what God is saying to all of us today is that if you want that potential to actually mean something, right? if, you, if, if we want to truly live the life that God created us to live, then we have to be connected to the source. We can't just be near the source. Look at this. It does nothing. We can't just show up to church on, online and on Sundays once in a while or even every Sunday. Just being here doesn't turn on the lights. Right, but truly and intimately connected to the source of light in everyday life, that's what it takes. And so God is saying, get connected to me. And God is saying, let there be light. And so God is saying, let there be life. Life. Yes, attend church more than you miss in 2021. But also connect to God on a daily basis through his word, which is the word of life. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Connect to God through prayer. Connect to God through worship, whether through song or in in serving the people around you, right? Connect with God, the source of light and life. And I know these are things that you expect me as your pastor to say, but these are the things we take for granted, just like we take light for our health for granted. But I promise you, 
if we connect to God in these ways, right, we will experience light. We will experience life. Right? Let there be light, church family. Can we just say that together? Let there be light and let there be life. Amen. Right, so here are some, some questions that I'd love for you to uh, just reflect upon and think about uh, throughout this week. Um, and Alex, could you actually come up and just play a little bit in the background? You can uh, take a picture of these questions here. You can write them down quickly. If you're joining us online, just take a screenshot or, or whatever you need to do. But four questions. What steps can you take to incorporate physical light into your health routine? And what truths about God do you think might be revealed to you in doing so? Number two. What areas of your life feel dark or maybe even dead? Number three, what would it look like for, or what would it look like for you to put your trust in Jesus to bring those dark areas back to life? And last one, what will you do this week to be more connected to God as your source of light in life? So what I want to do, what we started last week, is before we, we leave this place and, and we get bombarded with the world around us and our busy life, I just take, take a moment, take a pause to reflect upon these questions. Ask God to lead you through these questions. Because as much as we think we can be honest with ourselves, we'll, we'll probably be like, oh, no, I'm okay here. I'm okay here. But really ask God to lead you through these questions to shine light into your life so that you can have life. So let's just reflect for a moment. for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God in the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support, and we pray many blessings over you.